By God's grace, uh, the topic for today, uh, strongly laid in my heart, is uh, God is God wants us to do a lot of deep searching in our souls concerning our own lives, you know, and that's what God wants us to look at today. What do I mean? Uh, the title is dealing with the internal enemy. I'll say the internal enemy. The what? Eternal, internal enemy. So we're not focusing on what other people are doing, but we are zooming on to our, into ourselves. Amen. Just like the, what the Word of God reads in 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5. It says, 2 Corinthians chapter 13, verse 5, verse 5 says, Examine yourselves as to whether you are in the faith. It says, Test yourself. Do you not know yourselves? That Jesus Christ is in you, unless indeed you are what disqualified. Yeah, God is telling us to examine ourselves. We should not focus. In another Bible passage, it talks about Matthew in the book of Matthew, chapter 1, chapter 7, from verse 1 to 5. In the book of Matthew, chapter 7, from verse 1 to 5. Yeah, the scripture talks about we should not judge. You say, judge not, lest we the judge. Amen. That's what he was talking about. But particularly in verse 5, talks about hypocrites. First remove the plant from your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. You know, because in verse 3 it says that, and why do you look at the speck in your brother's eye, but do not consider the plant in your own eye? God is asking us to do eternal, internal soul searching because of where God is taking us to. Because the word of God says, eyes have not seen, nor ears heard, nor enter into the heart of men what God has purposed to do for those that love him and those who are called according to his purpose. The word of God in Romans 8, I believe, verse 31 says, if God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, 31. If God is for us, who can be against us? Nobody can be against us. That's what the scripture says. Nobody but, and again, you can be the one against yourself. Amen. If Abraham had not believed God, God would not have counted it as righteousness unto him. But Abraham focused on himself, his own personal belief in God. That is why God could call him righteous. And there is no one who, has, who was righteous, who, was, who had faith like Abraham. And God used him as an example of a man of faith, irrespective of the fact that he gave birth to a child called Ishmael. But he still believed God and held on to the promises of God concerning his life. So it doesn't matter where we are. It doesn't matter what we've done. But one thing is that as long as we are alive, there is hope. That is the truth. It didn't matter whether Abraham made a mistake, followed um, his wife's uh, wrong counsel, but as long as there was hope, the promises of God came to pass. That's why the word of God says his promises were a yea and amen. Praise God. So our case study today is looking at Samson, uh, the mighty man, Samson. You know, and we look at Samson because I look at people's lives you know, a lot of our lives sometimes, it's like the story of Samson, who God has equipped, empowered, 
You know, we can look at Samson as a strong man, but if you look at it, because one of in, 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 one thing I've come to understand is that Samson may not have been a tall man, a tall big man whatsoever people consider him to be as strong. Because if he was tall and big, perhaps the Philistine may not have been wondering where his great power lies. Because if you see a Goliath that is probably seven feet tall or a giant, what happens? You can say his power lies what? In his bigness, his mightier. But Samson could have been someone in small stature and yet it could take on, on hundreds of people, on thousands of people by single-handedly. So it causes the enemy to be wondering how can a man this small in size defeat hundreds of people? Uh, that is not ordinary. You understand? If it is muscles, it doesn't have muscles. How? Because there was a power, internal power in it. I mean, God has already empowered Samson even before he was born. It's the same way God has chosen us. And we read this morning, you know, that we are joint ears with Christ. That we are empowered. God has, we are always victorious because Jesus has already overcome Amen. So that is where we stand. That is our faith in God. But despite that, so using Samson as an analogy, as our case study, one thing that Samson's own weakness is because he didn't deal with uh, the log in his life. Amen. Hence, it was more of his downfall to God's will concerning his life. Because God has empowered him. The word of God says the gift and the calling of God are irrevocable. He's giving us this gift. He has empowered us. God is not planning to take it away from us. But yet we need to deal with the weaknesses in our lives. And once we can deal with those weaknesses, the honest truth is that then even the sky is not our limit. The case study, as I said, if we look at the book of Judges chapter 14 in our own time, Judges chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, Judges chapter 14, verse 16 to 17, the word of God says, Then Samson's wife wept on him and said, You only hate me. You do not love me. You have posed a riddle to the sons of my people, but you have not examined it to me. You have not explained it to me. And he said to her, Look, I have not explained it to my father or my mother, so should I explain it to you? Now, she had wept on him the seven days while their feast lasted, and it happened on the seventh day that he told her because she pressed him so much. Then she explained the radio to the sons of her people. Amen. So this was the wife that Samson wanted, lady that Samson wanted to marry. Samson posted radio to the people, of the peop- uh, our people, but the people came and threatened to kill her. If you read the, the preceding verses, that she should tell her husband-to-be to, uh, to get, the, the, to get the, uh, the, uh, the secret of the radio. But Samson did not want to tell her. But because she pressed on, on him seven days, Samson gave in. Amen. So this tells me that Samson is somebody that, you know, apart from the fact that women were his weaknesses, which is very apparent that women were his weaknesses, he still, this was the first time 
it was highlighted. Amen. That woman was his weakness. But Samson did not learn from that. Then if you look at Judges chapter 16, the, you know, from verse 1 to 3, the word of God says, Samuel went into a halot. Judges chapter 16 from verse 1 to 3. And the Philistine knew. And if you read the account on your own time, he talked about the Philistine said they will wait for him at midnight. I mean, wait for him in the morning that, you know, when he gets up, they will now come and attack him. But Samson, by God's grace, woke up in the middle of the midnight and escaped for his life, picked up the gates. Again, women. That was Samson's own. Until, by the time you could look at the third trial, that uh, it was the story of Delilah in, Samson, in Judges chapter 16, from verse 4 to 6. Here, uh, Samson came to meet the woman Delilah, and this was the woman that... Uh, God, that the enemy used to bring him down, that he revealed the secret of his strength, which was the seven locks of his head that had never been caught before. And that is how he was defeated, because he did not deal with the eternal enemy. The word of God says, you know, that, that a man's enemy is those of his what? His household. Sometimes we may look at household as in our brothers and our sisters or whatsoever. However, you can look at that household as yourself. The man's enemies is what those in himself that he does not, is not even aware of or things that he's aware of, but is not ready to deal with. Amen. Those are the mountains that we need to deal with. Those are the most important things in our lives. That's why the Bible says that if your right hand causes you to sin, it says you should cut it off because that is you, your own right hand. It is in your own power to deal with it. Amen. The Bible didn't say, ask your neighbor to cut it off. Or ask, you understand, come on, ask the comment to cut it. Say you yourself, you need to deal with it. Not somebody else. It is you. The general Vosia give a, a story of, um, how would I put it, the elder stories. He said, uh, there's a saying that the elder says, he says that the smoke that is not dealt with and is covered, he says after a while, that smoke will still escape because you cannot contain the smoke. Amen? So you can, there can be a fire here, there can be smoke here, you can try and lock the door, you cannot contain that smoke. After a while, that smoke will still what? Find a way of escape. It's also to tell us to deal with our eternity. Because to be honest, we all have eternal enemies that we need to deal with. Because no man is righteous on his own. If not, we don't need Christ. Amen? If not, we don't need Christ. For Moses, we've learned a lot, many a time, that his own was anger. That he killed an Egyptian... And he escaped. And somehow God redeemed him, used him to save the Israelites. Yet it was anger that did not allow him to see the promise, did not allow him to move into the promised land, to lead the people into the promised land. Jesus Christ, our own Lord, he too had his own weaknesses as I pondered on the scriptures. And I wondered that, wow, that everybody has their weaknesses. Jesus' own was what? It was to come and redeem man. That means to take back authority was power. Hence, when the devil came to tempt him, the devil showed him the kingdom at once and said, 
Jesus, this is why you've came. What? To take power, to take control, to take authority once again. And what? He says, just fall down on your knees and bow, and I'll give you this kingdom that you've come. You don't need to go through that. For, but Jesus Christ understood that, yes, this is what he's come to do. But he, by the grace of God, he was able to discipline himself and stayed within the parameters of the scripture to say that what? You don't tempt, you don't tempt God. Amen. Amen. You don't tempt God. That God said that you don't bow down to anybody else, but only God you bow down to. That is what Jesus Christ answered this, uh, the, the enemy. And what do I mean? Because the word of God in Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11, Philippians 2, verse 9 to 11 says that what? How God has highly exalted Jesus Christ and given him the name which is above every other name. That at the mention of the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven, of those on earth, and those under the earth. So that tells you about authority, power. That that was all Jesus Christ was all about, to take back control. Hence, he received such. And if you look at the account also, in John chapter 16, verse 8, John chapter 16, verse 8, when they came to take Jesus Christ, amen, amen? when they came to take Jesus Christ, the Bible says that they said they're looking for Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ said, I am he. What happened to the people when Jesus Christ said, I am he? The people just fell. So it tells you that the man was a man of power. But yet, he had his power under control. So sometimes I look at all these things that those guys did not need to fall. Because Jesus Christ, they got up. Jesus Christ, okay, I'm the earth. I think Jesus Christ does contain the power, absorb the power, and went to them. Because those things need to be what? Done to fulfill all righteousness. So everybody has a weakness, just to let us know. But we need to deal with it. Apostle Paul said he had a thorn in his flesh. He had to deal. That thorn could be a weakness in his life. Not necessarily mean a sickness. Not necessarily mean that. But there is something that he had to deal with. I'm not saying that in our own life, there are certain thorns that, you know, that you just have to deal with. I heard recently of... Um, uh, A senior man of God who is so faithful according to the, to the things of God, but yet his wife is not following, let me say the wife is not following Christ. Amen. But yet the man, because of his belief, he refused to divorce the wife. Because he doesn't believe in remarrying or having a second wife. Uh, I mean, remarrying. But that wife is the thorn what, in his flesh. They, have, wife, they, are, they both have children together. But it's something that he has to live with. It's a thorn in his flesh. Amen. It's a thorn in his flesh. But what we are talking about here is what are the enemies in our own lives? That we need to get rid of or we need to deal with some of them you can't really get rid of them some of them yes you can but it's something that we need to what deal with in matthew chapters 26 from verse 51 to 53 more stories about jesus christ who said that he had he could call upon legions of angels to deal with the enemies that came to capture him 
but he refused to. He had power under control. For people like David, if you read the, second, the book of 2 Samuel chapter 11, 2 Samuel chapter 11, David's own was womanizing to the point that he killed Uriah's, uh, Uriah uh, just because of his wife. Amen. And that uh, led to judgment set against David. And you can read those accounts in 2 Samuel chapter 11 and 2 Samuel chapter 12. For people like Daniel, that uh, I love, that is uh, Daniel. If you please turn our Bibles to the book of Daniel chapter 1, verse 8. Daniel chapter 1 and in verse 8. The word of God reads there. It says, But Daniel proposed in his heart that he would not what defiles him, defiled himself with the portion of the king's delicacy, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore he requested what of the chief of the Enochs that he might not what defile what himself. Perhaps for Daniel it could be the appetite, what the things that the kings were presenting. He knew that those things would defile him. Therefore, he purposed in his heart. So for us, what are those eternal things that we think is defiling us that we need to deal with? For the like of Esther, for some of us, it could be comfort. Esther had suffered. But by the grace of God, she now made it and became the king's wife. And according to John, Esther chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, Esther chapter 4, verse 13 to 16, when it was time for her to rise up to speak for her people, amen, even Mordecai came to tell her that, look, don't think that this judgment may not come to you, that you think you're enjoying the palace. But when Esther considered that, look, okay, she's a woman of comfort, living in comfort in the king's palace, she put those things aside and said, fine, I've listened to you, Mordecai. And she said, well, no problem. Gather all the Jews and let them fast and, and do all manner of things. That, look, she would go to the king, even though it wasn't a time for her to go to the king. Because in those days, you can only appear to the king if the king calls you. But the king doesn't summon you and you go. There is only one thing. The king doesn't raise up a scepter. That person is dead, regardless of who you are. But in this case, Esther said, well, the king had not summoned her. But you know what? She will put her life in the line. And she took away comfort and did. Amen? Went fasting and did. My question to you is, what is yours? We can look at Gehazi. Gehazi one was the love of money that led, led to him being, to, to his own detriment of carrying the, the leprosy of Laman. According to Second Kings chapter 5 from verse 21 to 27, 2 Kings chapter 5 from verse 21 to 27. So what is your own? And I said, try to round up. Song of Solomon 2.15 says, catch us the little foxes. Song of Solomon 2.15. It says, catch us the little foxes, the little foxes that spoils the vine. Amen. So I want us to truly focus on ourselves. Because the limitations in our lives and not what the enemy can do against us. But are those things already in us that we need to deal with? Uh, for some, it could be pride. For me, sometimes I look at myself as a bit of pride. And it's something that, by the grace of God, that's what some people will tell me once in a while. I, I, 
get to some places and they say, why don't you speak? Why don't you uh, address certain situations? I refuse to because I know there's a bit of pride in me. Because if I were to take my stand, taking my stand sometimes, which is right, I can sense a bit of pride as well as I'm taking my stand. And sometimes I go overboard because I'm what? Taking my stand. So for me, it's not better for me to just step back generally sometimes and just, people think I'm a fool. I just laugh. Because what? I know what I'm dealing with. A man that is always angry, and is a very certain situation. What do you think you expect? You flare up and might just punch somebody. So you're a man of anger. What do you do? You walk away from the situation. People might call you what? A weakling. But because you know, think of boxers, amen, who uh, just at one punch, they can kill a man. And the boxer is an angry man. What do you expect boxer to do? You walk away. Amen? You what? Walk away. So you deal with it. Because there are certain things in us. There are certain things in us that we need to deal with. But I don't want to mention names for it, you know, but I know what mine is. As I mentioned, you know, mine is a bit of pride. You know, and God is helping me. Mine now, something that God is helping me with as well is the fact of a little bit of insincerity. I'm not being vulnerable here. What I mean by a little bit of sincerity, something that I've mentioned time and time again, in the sense that uh, there are ways of, you are always saying the truth, but sometimes you know where someone is going to. I'll give a good example. A good example would be, that I've given many times, would be, they could tell you that, you know what, um, are you at home? And I could say, yes, I'm in the house, but I know the question, are you at home? I can easily, quickly step out of my door, whilst I'm talking, and stand outside my house, and say, are you at home? Are you in the house? I'll say, no. But at that moment, I'm truly out of the house. But I know what is best but I know in my heart what I am doing. Amen? What I am doing. So, you, you are, how, how, how do they see it in the world? You are beating the system. You're technically right. You're technically right. Yeah, thank you. I'm technically right. That is what the world system is. Technically right. Amen. Find the loophole. So we all have things. And the Bible says about, uh, you know, those people who are going to make it to heaven, their garment must be white. Not just white alone, but it must be that uh, wrinkle. So it's one thing to be right, white. The next thing is to be without wrinkle. And it says also without crease. That means we must be spotless. So for me, by the grace of God, I'm prayerfully, by the grace of God, dealing with those internal enemies of mine. And I know we all have various things. For some people, it could be envy. For some people, it could be ulterior motive. So for some people, it could be love of food. You know, you can't just say no to food. The food is just so good that you just have to keep eating and just keep eating and just keep eating. For some people, it's just, it might just be telling half-truths. For some people, it might just be you just exaggerate somehow. They, you, 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 you've been in a place and you are telling the story just to make it sweet. Uh, you just add some extra sugar so that when people hear the story, they can say, oh, wow, just over-exaggerate. But these are the eternal enemies because the world is endlessly uh, uh, awaiting 
to see the manifestation of the true sons of God. I mean, if you look at the world today, let's be honest with ourselves. Even the way the media looks at every single statement that people make, especially people in authority, and, uh, and they can... They, they, it's as if they are finding the perfect man. That's what they're looking for. But forgetting to feel that the perfect man is Jesus Christ. So they're looking for perfection in the wrong places. Amen. So these people that they are judging in the place of authority, if you look at it in a simple manner, they know how to uh, go back to history and pinpoint things out what people have done on to date. If you look at the social media today, for going, you are going to do an interview, people go back and look at your Facebook profile to see if you ever made a wrong comment. Uh, the New England coach, uh, the female coach, uh, I think Gareth Southgate, is it Gareth? No, not Gareth Southgate. Um, Phil Neville. Yeah, Phil Neville. He made a comment many years ago when he was a footballer. Maybe over 10, 10 12 years ago. But when he became a female football, uh, the female coach, the, and when he became the coach of the female football team of England, they brought back that comment he made as a younger man. Something that it did not mean, didn't mean harm to any lady, but they brought it out. Amen? But for him, maybe those are part of the internal enemies he never dealt with, but somehow it almost came to haunt him. So we ourselves, the Bible says we are a city world set on the hill that cannot be hidden. So I believe that where God is taking us to, amen, by the time we get there, believe me, light will be shining on us. And when light is shining on us, guess what? Believe me, people will be looking for to bring one to bring one down. So that's why God is telling us to examine ourselves. Because where God is taking us to, we cannot we cannot be in that in such a position to bring down the name of God. Amen. So I encourage us, church, let's examine ourselves. Let's deal with those internal weaknesses in our lives. As we bow our heads and let us take ourselves to God. Uh, as I round up from the book of First uh, Chronicles chapter 4 from verse 9 to 10. First Chronicles chapter 4 from verse 9 to 10. The word of God says, Now Jabez was more honorable than his brothers, and his mother called his name Jabez, saying, Because I bore him in pain. And Jabez called unto the God of Israel, saying, Oh, that you will bless me indeed, and enlarge my territory, that your hand will be with me, and that you will keep me from evil that I may not cause pain. So what God granted him, what he requested. In the same faith, let us take ourselves before God and cry to God in the name of Jesus, that Lord, uh, come and destroy, help me, and destroy these internal enemies in my life. You know what they are. Just take yourself before God and seek the, name, the, the face of God for divine help. In Jesus' name, let us pray.